The Sport Industry Access Podcast, Episode 22, A Self-Funded Elite Athlete, Why Are Setting Priorities Important to Their Lifestyle? Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I am your host, Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to interview a special guest who is a sports professional in a specific field in the sports industry. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, relating back to today's show, today's special guest is Grace Dafo. Grace is a self-funded elite skeleton athlete. She is currently competes on the North America's Cup Circuit, where she is training hard to increase her speed on the ice. To have Grace on the show is such a privilege. That's why in today's show, Grace will share her career journey and explain why setting priorities is so crucial to her lifestyle. Grace, it's a privilege to have you on the show. Please can you share your sports career journey to listeners? When did it all start? So, I mean, Skeleton for me started in 2012. But my sport journey really started before that. Um, I was a figure skater for most of my life, probably since I was about six years old. Um, and that was my sport. You know, that was the sport I watched in the Olympics. That was the Olympian I inspired to be. Um, but as do most early specialized sports, um, by the time I was 16, I kind of knew that it wasn't going to be that, that it wasn't going to work out for me, <laughs> um, per se. I still loved it. But I came to a point where I knew that I couldn't go as far with it as I wanted to. Um, and that was right about the time I was finishing uh, high school. And I was trying to decide, you know, where am I going to go to university? Am I still going to pursue a sport? Um, I didn't know that if there was any sports you could do when you start, that you start when you're 18. I didn't know that there were sports like that. Um, so I ended up going to university here in Calgary, um, my hometown in Canada, and, you know, kind of fumbled my first, my way through my first two years of university. I was just working and going to school um, in my Bachelor of Health and Physical Education. And in 2012, I guess like the start of 2012, that's when it all changed. And I kind of I stumbled upon the sport of skeleton, this very, very small sport. And uh, I kind of said, you know what, that'd be really fun to try. Um, and yeah, that kind of has put me on a different course and career-wise and uh, personal-wise ever since then in 2012. Out of interest, Grace, when was the moment when you decided, right, this is what I want to do, i.e. the skeleton, as a sort of full-time commitment from an athlete's perspective? Well, I mean, when I was watching the 2014 Olympics in Sochi, um, that was pretty special. Just, I don't know, um, I was in an Olympic Games course actually at the time and my project over reading week was to actually watch the Olympics and, and write journals about it. And uh, that was kind of, you know, I realized I had been doing skeleton for two years, kind of recreationally, hadn't made any international races, just local races. Um, and I kind of thought that maybe this is something I could do. Um, and so 
kind of in October, you know, post-Olympics, a lot of people retire. And by chance, kind of, I got told, hey, so all these girls retired. So actually, we're going to send you to a development um, race at the, it's the lowest circuit, I guess, North America's Cup race um, down in Park City, Utah. Would you be interested in going? And ever since that first race, I guess, I, it, it brought back the competitive drive in me. You know, just the local races, they were fun. It was recreational, but it just wasn't quite what I, I was looking for. And as soon as I got to race, I raced in the Canadian selection races um, where all we all race off for our, our spot um, on our whatever team we're going to be on, whether it be the top tier or the lowest tier. Um, and yeah, ever since then, you know, I got, I was down in Park City and I was learning a new track. Um, it was, I was hooked. I was instantly hooked. I loved it. I loved being back and being competitive. And ever since then in, I, you know, it's kind of been history. I've kind of jumped fully in and, and gone after it. <laughs> Just relating to the listeners listening in, can you explain how fast you go on the sled? Yes, for sure. So, I mean, how our sport starts is we run beside our sled. So think about running as fast as you can, sprinting, but completely bent over at the hips. Um, wow. Yeah, for those that don't know skeleton. And then we actually kind of almost do the worm onto our sled. You know, you kind of let go and change your hands over and land on your sled. And so my home track is here in Calgary. Um, generally, I go around 120 kilometers per hour. Um, but the fastest track is actually out in Whistler, um, BC in, on the West coast in Canada. And I, I've had a guy before me. So men go faster, obviously more mass acceleration. Um, the guy before me reached about, I think 141 kilometers an hour. So yeah, we go pretty fast, but there's some tracks that are slower and more technical as well, where you might only go 112 kilometers an hour. Just reflecting though, from 2012, when you started how do you feel you've grown in the sport looking back now? You know, and the growth isn't just limited to sport. Um, I think sport is just a vehicle for, you know, a whole, like a healthy, happy life. Um, for me, it's always been a part of my life. Um, reflecting back on 2012, I, I don't think I was in a really good place personally, mentally, like just after going through, I was going, I went through burnout, obviously from an early specialized sport from figure skating straight into university and working, um, trying to find my place, you know, as a, as you do in university. Um, personally, I kind of see that like, as my sport performance has increased and I've found my niche of what I really love, um, my confidence in myself has grown. My leadership has grown. Um, you know, I kind of have that tenacity back where I'm not afraid to pursue what I love and what I think is exactly what I should be doing. That's really great to hear, Grace, especially, as you rightly said, even what I went through after university, you're not sure what you want to do, and it's always great to find your feet straight afterwards. And I feel like it sort of relates to today's main topic. Why are setting priorities important to your your lifestyle, being an elite athlete? Well, um, so I am a self-funded athlete, so I'm kind of in the national development stream right now, between provincial and, and national development in there. Um and so setting priorities are super important because, you know, I'm not a full-time athlete. I have a full-time job. Um, and up until this summer, I have been a full-time student as well. So setting priorities has been essential because you have to do balance your studies, your exams, your trips to different tracks in, or in Canada and Europe. 
Um, right now it's about setting time to work and then also, you know, cleaning the house, taking, I have a dog, taking my dog for a walk, seeing my family, seeing my friends. Um, it's to me, it's, it's a balancing act and it's never going to be perfect, but I try pretty hard to be perfect in it. And, uh, that, that kind of keeps me on track and making sure that I'm nourishing all the areas of my life and I'm not putting too much into one basket. Do you have like a plan of action each week with regards to your schedule? Yes. Um, generally, so around, it's most likely Sunday nights. I sit down and I try and plan out my week. I plan out my training week like more in advance and I try and plan stuff around that. Um, just obviously training is my, one of my top priorities. Um, and yeah, so I kind of sit down and I see, I color code my calendar, um, training work, uh, professional development, um, volunteer, like, you know, it's all personal, it's all color coded. And so I can really see from a glance right away if my week is looking out of whack, if it looks like I'm spending too much time actually, you know, hanging out with my friends and my family and I'm not spending enough time recovering and doing, you know, doing that sort of stuff that I need for my, for my sports, um, and my, that side of me. So it's pretty easy to see right away, but sometimes I know that a certain week has to be unbalanced because I'm leading into a testing camp or I'm leading into a race. So it's also knowing that sometimes that's okay, but I can't, that I can't sustain that for many weeks on end. <laughs> I think it's all about having a balance and you've said that really clear. Just relating back to a performance point of view, do you have like specialized coaches that support you such as nutritionists and psychologists? Um, so I train at a fantastic gym here in Calgary. Um, and that's something that I choose to pay out of pocket for. Um, obviously self-funded athlete. Um, so I don't really have a support staff per se. Um, I have a really fantastic, I, he's not really a sports psychologist. I kind of call him more, we profiled my personality and we work with uh, techniques on how I can be coached optimally and how I can, you know, use self-talk to my best advantage and stuff like that. Um, he's just my, you know, he, he is more than a sports psychologist. He's this crazy, awesome smart guy. Um, and he works with me actually for free and he has for a couple of years now. And I'm super thankful for that because that's something that I really don't, I I don't have the funds to, to pay for myself. Um, I mean, I have a fantastic chiropractor, but that's also something that I've, I seeked out and, and found a fantastic guy. Um, so I mean, I have support, but they're not really they're not what you think of when you see the Olympians in, say, just in Rio, where they have the integrated support team that, you know, is there for them all the time. I had to seek out and handpick these people, and I, and they're still kind of, you know, contracted by me. I still pay them. So, yeah. <laughs> I think it's, like you sort of said, it sort of relates to having a really good mentor on board. Because the one area I find fascinating with the sport you do, and it's very similar to Formula One with regards to the track side of things, do you apply any visualization during the preparation of a sprint visualization is is essential um and you know i wouldn't say that just in in skeleton or f1 like i i was actually taught from a young age in figure skating we would visualize our our whole three and a half minute program and um we were supposed to sit on our and with our cd and on the in the cd player you know and be able to plan out our whole program and do it in real time and finish when our music actually stopped on the cd player 
Um, so that's something that one of my coaches taught me pretty young. And I know not a lot of coaches do that, which I'm thankful that they, they instilled this in me so young. And yeah, it's, I mean, in skeleton and most sliding sports, you can't take very many runs a day just because of the G forces. Um, it sucks the, the energy out of you. Like you just get so tired after like two or three runs. Um, so when you're learning a new track, you might only get six runs before your race. So you kind of have to be able to visualize exactly where you are on the track and what your ideal line is and, you know, see the entrance and see the exit. And thank goodness for YouTube and GoPro now, because you can look up any point of view video. Cause if you can't visualize it after only, you know, you've been down the track three times, at least you can visualize it with your eyes open and someone else is going down the track. Um, yeah, so it, it, it's key. And Duff Gibson, who, um, is a, was a fantastic, is a fantastic coach. Um, here in Canada in skeleton, he actually won a medal in the 2006 games as well. Um, he used the mentality that he made the Torino track, his home track. So while the Canadians didn't have home track advantage, he visualized his run down that track a hundred times a day leading up to the, to his win in the Olympic games. Um, and he told us that a couple of years ago and that absolutely blew my mind. You know, I was visualizing maybe 10 times in my room at night when I was in Whistler and I was like, I'm not even, I'm 10 times less than visualizing 10 times less than, than he was leading up to then. So yeah, it's, it's key. <laughs> That's really interesting. Just touching back relating to your day-to-day -day routine. What have you been up to recently? So, well, I'm working in a, I work from home, which is fantastic. It works with my training. Um, and I, you know, I meet with my boss either on the phone or once a week and um, I'm coordinating, it's a multi-sport program for kids, for six and seven-year-olds, um, and they do 12 sports over 10 months, and it's one registration for the parents, and it's taught by all the local sport organizations. Um, so I've been coordinating that program. It's the second program of its kind in Canada. So that has been really interesting, <laughs> and there's been a, a lot of growing and stuff, moving into a new role. It's kind of my first career position after I just graduated um, in, in June from, with my bachelor in health and physical education. Um, one of the first degrees in actually major in physical literacy in North America, which is really cool. So that field is kind of growing. So I feel I'm, you know, I'm working in my career side of things. Um, I also decided that, you know, you just graduated university, you're moving into a pivotal year in your, in your sport, you know, it's getting it's my first year not being in school and, and being able to compete at an international level. So it's a, it's a big year for me sport-wise. And, you know, I thought, well, why won't I move out of my mom's house as well? So I'm actually going through that as well, is adjusting to living on my own for the first time as an athlete. And, a, you know, <laughs> anyways, it's been a really fun, fun summer. Um, kept me really, really busy. Sounds like it. Just on a personal note, what do you enjoy the most about being an elite athlete? Um, I, I really enjoy... And because my sport is such a small sport, I think as soon as I say I do it, the first answer is generally, oh my gosh, you are crazy. Um, and then the second thing is, oh, my sister's nephew, blah, 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 dad, friend of a friend tried that sport once. Um, so it's, it's really a common, you know, we're such a small community that as soon as someone meets me and they're like, oh, you do skeleton, 
it's an immediate connector that they know someone else who does skeleton. I'm like, Oh, well I know them. Like, of course I know them. And, but I mean, besides that, it's, it's really fun to see how you can inspire people. You never thought you can inspire. Um, you know, I, I think that I'm a regular person. Yes, I'm an athlete, but I'm so much more than an athlete. I have other things going on. But as soon as, you know, you see a kid go, oh my gosh, like you have reached this pinnacle of sport. Like someone's looking up to you and you, you've inspired someone. That's really special because I, I don't think that I never think that I'm a mentor to people, but then people tell me that I've inspired them and it, it really means a lot to me. And that's really, really special about being an athlete. Um, yeah, I'm, it, (laughs) it makes me really happy when that happens. Grace, I can happily say this. You've inspired me even doing this interview. I know it's the first time we've chatted and I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview where I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What advice would you give to students who want to pursue a career as an elite athlete? So, you know, I thought long and hard about this one because I, I am full of inspirational quotes. Um, really, I think the one that I really narrowed it down to was hard work makes the dream work. And that's simply because people told me that, you know, I couldn't balance my, my last three years of my degree, um, with being an athlete, a high performance athlete. And it came down to my final year of university, my senior year. And, um, you know, I got a, I got a chance to travel to Europe for the first time for a race for the world junior championships in Germany. And people thought I was crazy. What do you mean you're going to miss three weeks of your last semester of university? And it really, I, it, I just owe it all the hard work because I was relentless and I, you know, I, I went to ask my profs, is it okay if I missed all this time? And I, I made sure to work hard because then, you know, they're, they're more willing to give you that opportunity possible. And, and you just have to work hard and obviously stay humble, stay hungry. Classic Under Armour is another one that, uh, that I live, I pretty much live by. I say it all the time when I'm training. <laughs> that is great, Grace. How can people interact with you? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter um, at it's at Skeleton Grace, um, and also I have a website. It's www.gracedafoe.ca. My last name is spelled D-A-F-O-E, um, and I also have a Facebook page. It's just if you search Grace Dafoe Skeleton Athlete, it'll pop up there. But my website has all my social media feeds on it, so and my blog. So that's the easiest place to find me. That is great. To all the listeners out there, all of Grace's links will be on my website relating to this blog post. Grace, it's been great chatting with you today. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you so much. Wow. What a really enjoyable, but most of all, fascinating interview by Grace. I said to Grace after the interview that I was just blown away because I was just so inspired to have the mic in my face with the headphones on just listening to her story it was just so great to hear her passion her desire but most of all her commitment and dedication to her sport and I sometimes we forget that you know team GB right after the Olympics they have that structure they have that foundation of support so to hear it from a point of view where there's a bit of grit behind it they have to really work hard for it financially and also themselves with God's own training, that's what just hit home this interview. And if you are touched by this interview as much as I am, I would really appreciate this favour. If you can head to my website and follow Grace 
on Twitter or any social media feeds because the more support she gets, the higher chance she will get some funding along the way. Modern Sport now is all about talent, but it's also about having a really powerful brand. And by having a powerful brand, other companies with the capital will support athletes like Grace. I'd really appreciate your support. Now, as always, at the end of each interview, I like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Grace said, hard work makes the dream work. In life, it's dreams which really push ourselves. But it's having that hard work and dedication which really makes it a reality. So the question is, what's your dream? Because by putting in that hard work, anything is possible.